This is the Milk and Cornbread Podcast, Episode 1, Corona, the Economy, and Toilet Paper. We are here, my man Milk and Cornbread, we are together having a conversation, and this is our first, not our first conversation, our first recorded conversation, and this could get us in trouble one day, but that's okay, that's okay, (laughs) but uh, we're here together to have our conversation to debrief, decompress, and declutter our brains because of all the wildness that's going on in this world right now. What what, what do you see this as for you? I always think it's the same thing. Um, my main thing is uh, for us and for anybody else uh, that they're not alone. I don't think we're alone thinking that some of this stuff is insane and the things that's going on and the, the freedoms that we seem to be losing seems like every day. Uh, we're, we're, I, I have no doubt that there's people sitting around just like we are thinking, am I the only one that thinks this is insane? When they see these people on TV and they hear these things and then they're told what they can and can't do. So for me, not only for us and you know for me personally but uh just for people like us i think we're i mean probably in that average lane at least i am and uh you know i mean you're not crazy you're not arrogant for feeling like uh you shouldn't have to uh, you know have everything dictated to you by some doctor on tv hey, so. well, the, the thing i struggle with is what is real i mean what you know, and this, and, and we'll get into that in a minute. But but I struggle with that because you you see things every single day, and it changes every single day. So it's it hard it's hard to tell what is real. But I think that this Not is the first moving target. That no, the government's thrown exactly. Out but no, so this is our own uh, personal counseling that we may or may not need. But I feel like other people in the world Definitely. probably probably <laughs> need the same personal counseling. Yeah. And maybe at some point in time, if anybody does listen to this, uh, we can actually have conversations with them on here. And and not not that we're professional counselors, but we can all share in our in our in our misery. Absolutely. And and whatever we need to do. All right. So this is what this is about. This is the Milk and Cornbread Podcast. The Milk and Cornbread Podcast. Why milk and con- cornbread? You say. Well, uh, that that remains to be seen, but uh, we have our own reasons. So I, I got an interesting article that I found for you, Craig. I didn't share this with you, uh, yeah, <laughs> cornbread. But uh, so we we have something here. I found an article online, and the article is why cornbread and milk is the ultimate southern treat. So I'm thinking, if anything, this whole milk and cornbread podcast. It could be the ultimate Southern treat for anybody, for everybody. But it says there are plenty of Southern foods that get the spotlight. There's fried chicken, fried Greek tomatoes, boiled peanuts, chicken and dumplings, the list goes on. But there's one food combo that rarely gets mentioned, milk and cornbread. So I don't know. If anything, we're a Southern delicacy. Absolutely. That's all we got to go. So let's talk about that for a second, though. We've talked in the driveway. We've talked in the backyard. we talked by the fire. we talked wherever. Um, sometimes it involves uh, a beer or two, uh, but talk about where this came from. For me, uh, 
what I think of is, and what I what I liked about the title of the podcast was when I was probably, I don't know, I was probably six. Um, I I knew my great grandparents well, um, and in rural Oklahoma, every night, um, I would when I was down there at my grandparents' house uh, on the farm. I would sit with my great grandfather as we as as he got buttermilk and I got regular milk, and when Grandma made cornbread, which she made with every meal, she would keep some oh, uh, extra for Grandpa, and he would eat that with his buttermilk, and we would sit there. And so, in my world at that time, the world was perfect. Um, now, undoubtedly, there were things going on. I was young, and I didn't know anything about it. You know, I wasn't having to support a family at that time. Undoubtedly, that was tough. But uh, everything was perfect. Um, our family was was close, and we had a big family uh, at that time. Everybody was tight. Um, I, I don't remember uh, the chaos. Uh, I don't remember people walking into uh, churches and shooting people. Um you know, I don't remember um, uh, two, two, two parents having to work to barely pay the bills. Um, you know, I think a lot of families were getting by in those days with one parent working and one parent staying home with the kids. Um, That's the way it was in my house. Yeah, and, and that was the world was, to me, that was the world, uh, sort of the perfect world sitting at that table um, with my grandfather. So, you know, that's what... It's it's maybe it's an uh, what little uh, idealism that I I still have, but um, that's that's where it, it comes from for me. And I thought it had something to do with aliases. I I, I didn't yeah. know. I was yeah. I was you know. Well, it, it does <laughs> you know, and and because that's the that's that. And, but I'm not so sure how that happened really, because uh, our aliases. And I don't know if this is where we go and even touch on the alias situation but um because those are actually our globetrotter names which that's a whole different deal so now we're kind of confusing people but um but you know yeah to 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 have those already and then to have that other stuff it's kind of uh i don't know if it's just a coincidence i think i think it's funny that it worked that way because i'm one of those weird guys and you know this because you've been around me long enough I'm one of those weird guys that comes up with weird list things to do oh yeah and one of the things i did before we even met was I started giving people aliases and Globetrotter names. And so that's where, uh, you know, my Globetrotter, it started off with my Globetrotter name. I was the number one Globetrotter name. And, and I, I think it's because as a kid, I always wanted to be a Globetrotter. Oh, absolutely. Did you not? I mean, who, oh, who didn't Cur- want to be a Globetrotter? When Curly Neal died the other day, I, I, was, I was devastated. Yeah. Um, but, but the weird thing about that is that I, we did we had aliases in college. That's where I got my alias from. <laughs> And so I don't know anybody else besides me and that group of people that has ever done that. And then all of a sudden, uh, and if you'll recall, we were in Gatlinburg yeah. when the conversation yeah. came up. We were sitting outside of Wendy's, and we were in the in somebody's vehicle. Yeah. And that was when I I said something about uh, my alias uh, George McGirt. Yeah. And my yeah. friends, of course, called me Buddy. Buddy, Buddy McGirt. And and that was when and you were and that was like <laughs> oh my god you know so. Uh, yeah, the whole Globetrotter concept is completely cool. Well, um, and that's, and I think it's funny because, and, and maybe one day down the road we'll talk about those Globetrotter names and where they come from. It's just a weird quirk that I have that I name people and uh, give people Globetrotter names in case, and maybe, like, 
my wife has a Globetrotter name. Yeah. She may not have ever wanted to be a Globetrotter or care, but she has a Globetrotter name in case it ever happened. That's right. In case it ever came up and happened. Um, so basically what we're doing, we, we have this conversation all the time anyways, and we decided, you know, this is, we're, we're in weird times. We got extra time on our hands. Uh, even though we're both considered essential workers, we're still working. Uh, we still have time. And so we've had these conversations on and on and on, and now we figured we got to record these conversations, and other people have these conversations too, and we can involve other people as we go along. So the concept of us is uh, basically our driveway conversations, which are entertaining it oh, all the time. No question. Driveway conversations with a microphone and a computer recording it. Sure. So I, th- I think that's where we're going with that. We, we want to do this uh, as much as we can. We have tons of topics we've already collaborated and came up with uh, limitless. We could probably do this for a long time and, and keep it going for a long time. But, uh, you know, we're wanting to do uh, at least at the minimum every two weeks, uh, maybe once a week, depending on how we go. And we'll, we'll see how it goes. And we'll talk and, until people get tired and tell us to, to stop. And we'll probably still talk then, too. No question. There, there's no doubt about it because both of us are hard-headed enough that that, that doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's get into the nitty gritty. And uh, I think, obviously, we're going to talk about coronavirus because that's what's going on right now. Um, but there's other things deeper than that that I think are important as well. I think that uh, one thing that you and I talked about that is a good conversation to have would be what would our forefathers think about today's world um, or would they be proud of today's world or does that even matter anymore? Does it even matter what our forefathers think? I mean, that we're just throwing that out there because I think that's a good conversation. And that's something that you and I, uh, it's funny, you know, we are, you know, once a, once a jock, always a jock, but we do have, but we do have some intellectual conversations that are, that are pretty, pretty uh, on top of things. And I think this is one of them that could produce some good talk. So what do you think? Uh, um, in terms of, uh, my thoughts about what would they think, I guess I would unpack it first with, um, the first part of it is, is what would they think, um, then the part about, uh, does it matter is an entirely, uh, separate ah, conversation, fair enough, yeah, fair but, uh, um, I honestly don't think that, that, uh, the Hamiltons and the Madisons and these kind of people... I'm not a historian, so and you know that. So let's just go ahead and and, and establish that now. But I do okay. know, like I know you like to read. Though. I do like to read, but I'm not. Um, so there might be things that I say that entirely could be factually completely incorrect, and it may just be my interpretation of some weird language they used in one of those documents, because you know the, some of the writing is way above my head. But um, when you look at the things that they wrote. Um, I don't think they would be surprised at all. Now, I do think they would be ashamed uh, and disappointed, but in terms of, I don't think surprise would be one of their emotions because um, they, they, it seems to me that um, when you look at, 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 I can't remember, I can't sit here and tell you if it's Federalist 29, or there's one of them that I read recently, um, and it was clear to me that they were concerned about government overreach while they, and this is the same government they were trying to form um, and convince 
you know, a, a number of people to vote in that direction um, to get all this stuff done, um, I think they were very fearful of, you call it government creep or overreach or abuse. I don't know what you want to call it, but so I don't think they would be surprised to see uh, the overstepping and the overreaching and the and and you know that that you're seeing right now. But um, and then I think, uh, but I do think they would be disappointed. I don't think this is something that um, that they would be proud of. And and it's not just this situation. I think we can rewind, and I think that's coming up later. But um, I, I would think that. Uh, the reason that they set out, I think originally they were, correct me if I'm wrong, there were only like three things that the federal government was really supposed to be involved in. I think, I, I don't know, it was coining money, uh, you know, the army and the whatever. So yeah. I, I, I think that they would be uh, very disappointed. However, I think they would have started being disappointed in the 60s. I don't think, I think the 50s, up until the 50s, even with, you know, I say that, though, and, and you look at FDR and you look at all of that stuff that started with him, um, I'm not so sure that they wanted the government's role to be uh, a safety net. Um, you know, but I guess times change. But I certainly don't think from the 60s moving forward, that, uh, and especially now, that they would be particularly happy to, to see that the documents that they laid out have been sort of either ignored or... Uh, yeah, watered down, whatever you want to call it. See, I and I'm I'm coming I'm I've got a background in history, so I'm coming from a different perspective, and I wonder, uh, I wonder sometimes if they if they if they expected this to happen, if they expected it to a certain extent for it to to look different, because we look at stuff now and we're interpreting things that uh, a bunch of old white guys wrote in the 1700s. We're we're trying to interpret them like they exist today. And I think I think sometimes that's dangerous. So it's good. I mean, I, I'm all for the Constitution. I'm all for uh, American rights and things like that. But at the same time, I I worry that uh, some of these conversations that we're having today aren't relatable because of the times. And I don't know. I mean, I may be I may be wrong on that one. But uh, I think that uh, I, I wonder if this stuff was going on then. I mean, not not necessarily coronavirus, but what what type of craziness was going on then? Besides English invasion, that type of stuff, but I'm talking about internally. You, you know, you know the stories between Adams and Jefferson. I mean, Adams and Jefferson, that was a constant battle between the two of them. So it had nothing to do with, uh, well, they thought it was the country's well-being, but it really was a personal vendetta against each other. Yeah, I, I would say what I would say is is I and the, the way I would at least in my mind is. Um, if you a specific topic like how would our framers view the coronavirus? You're right. Th these things are not relatable. What I can say, in my view, is I think aside from a literally handful of things, that you can put everything else in a giant jar, and those guys would say it goes back to the states, and that's what I can say with some confidence that I what I what I understand and what I read and, and the way those guys. I don't think those guys ever wanted the federal government to be making decisions for 50, oh, well, it wasn't 50 at the time, but, but you know what I mean, yeah. for, for however many independent. Um, and so it sort of almost trumps, the because no, you're right. The, the, some of the stuff that's gone on, 
that you can't. The, the, those things, uh, it's a different world, and we, and I understand that. But so is he, so is even relevant. That goes to the second part of it. Is even relevant as to what they thought. I mean, what they think now. I do. Think I mean, if we if they were able to take a time machine and come forward now, and Thomas Jefferson pointing his finger at us and saying, "Oh, you know, this is wrong." I, I mean, does it even matter? Would be would we be like? Well, you know, I do hey. think it's relevant because I think that. I think that what they would say, and, and you know, of course, this is the most subjective. Think Bill and Ted, by the way, you know, yeah, so, yeah. so great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think that that uh, if this is the most subjective thing in the world to think what a guy that far back was. But but I, what I would say is, if they did do the time machine, um, I just feel like they would be sitting there giving you the same answer for every question. Um, you know, what do we do about this coronavirus? I don't know. Talk to your governor. What do we do about our, our our failing roads? I don't know. Talk to your governor, you know. And I and I feel like the state legislatures and the go and the governors in in all these states. Um, now I'm not proud of the way that the state of Tennessee's governor has handled this situation, but I do think that that uh, at least the state has the obligation to handle it. I don't think that they need to take their uh, their marching orders from the federal government, but I think that's what they're doing right now. Um, so I do think it's relevant to the extent that, um, they would, I just feel like Jefferson was a little bit of a different bird, but I do think that they would, they would, they would, most of them would say to a man, you know, this just isn't our business. Um, I could be wrong, but I mean, I, I, I want to say, and I say this with a lot of interpretations of history, I want to say that they'd be like. You're overthinking this, man. I agree with that. <laughs> you know, let's sit, let's get sit back a little bit. It's the kiss theory. Yeah, exactly. Keep it simple, Keep it simple because I think right. I think that's what happens. We we complicate things and we make things more difficult than what they are, and that's what we've done so but far. But let me ask you this: Don't you feel like that is an intentional act? Because um, one thing I've learned in my adult life, anyway, is uh, people. When they can't get the outcome they're looking for, the simple way, they complicate matters in the hopes for a different outcome. Yeah, cloudy it up. Yeah, and they muddy the waters, and then and then people either get so disgusted with all of the minutia and all the that they just say, you know, or I, I'm not sure, you know, but but I, I you know, that's certainly. Um, but you're right. I mean, if it, these things, to me, it is that simple, and that's the thing that. There's a lot of very smart people would disagree, but I don't understand why it hasn't been treated because there's so many things that they shouldn't be involved in at a federal level, and it's very simple to just kick it right back to the states. The only thing that does that anymore are the courts. Occasionally, the Supreme Court will, you know, or a judge will kick something back to a, uh, you know, but everywhere else, I mean, they just love seeing it go up the chain. And I just, I don't know, I'm a little disappointed in, some of the southern states, especially for uh, any state, really, um, but mainly the milk and cornbread states. Yeah, you know, and it, that includes the Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska. That's all that you know. Right now, I'm I'm glad to hear that the the Texas finally is the first one because their lieutenant governor recently has come out and said, "Look, this is ridiculous," and I can't believe it took this long for a state politician to do that. And it's not even the governor himself, which yeah. is its own thing, but. Um, and now Texas is basically saying, um, we're going to decide when we open back up. We're, we're not, you know, and that it, to me is if, if you ask what's relevant to our forefathers, that's, I think what they're looking for 
in in states. I don't I don't think that they wanted to set up this this situation, and then hope that these poor states were going to come and and you know uh, beg and plead for. I, I I think they want states to be their own thing. Yeah. So yeah, we. Uh, what was that? What was the comparison you gave today about uh, about the the weird world? What was that comparison we were talking about today? About how things were not real, uh, and you and they viewed it a different way. It was I know what it was. Better Call Saul. Are you <laughs> yeah, a Better Call Saul guy? I watched a little bit of it. Okay, so spoiler alert: uh, Saul Goodman, who the show's about, mm-hmm. his brother has a uh, electricity sensitivity, and he's allergic to electricity, basically. And I'm not going to go into any details, but uh, uh, you know, essentially, what happens is is he goes out in the world. If he goes outside and he's around electricity, he can't take it. He gets in pain, he doubles over. So he's taking all the electricity stuff out of his house, pull the wires, pull... It's, it's, it's maddening. But, but it's interesting because to me, it, it kind of goes along with what's going on now because uh, we don't, in our little neck of the woods, we don't see the, we don't see this big time New York stuff going on and we don't see why the president, why our governors are, are flipping out. And it, it, it's almost like a, a condition. You know, it's like a condition. Does it exist? And does it? And that, that's the that's why I have a tr- I have trouble with it because I'm uh, I, I see it. You know, I I for the most part obeyed the six foot rule and not gone out to Lowe's and done stuff that I'm supposed that I'm not supposed to do. Not because I, I don't. I can't even honestly, Craig. I can't even tell you why. I can't even tell you why because I, I'll I'll think I want to go to Lowe's or the gas station and then I'll be like "Ah, I really don't want to go is it because I'm scared of getting the COVID or is it that's what that's what the weird thing is it goes back to Saul Goodman's brother and and maybe that's a theory the Saul Goodman brother theory where you could be well it becomes a conditioned response you know and I think that's kind of what they're after now I on the other hand um either partly just out of, of of ignoring it or maybe just a little bit of of something else um, I haven't I haven't uh, followed any of the guidelines. Um, I'm not worried about six feet. Uh, I hug my family. I hug my parents. Um, uh, my buddy who I see all the time. Um, I mean, we I don't, and and it may cost me, honestly. But um, I guess what my question to you is, because uh, you, you said we're not in New York City. And we're not in uh, some of these places like that. So then, why are the rules the same for us? That's that's a great question. I mean, it, it, but it's got me second guessing because I I'm I'm with you on that. But I, it's got me guessing. It's got me thinking. Uh, you know, I feel guilty when I go to food line, or I get I feel guilty when I go to see. That's wrong. I but but it, I I get that. But yeah, that's what that's that's why we're having this conversation. Is because there are some. Uh, I think there's some psychological repercussions that are going to take place because of this. And whether it's a Saul Goodman's brother condition or a uh, fear that the government's taking over or uh, whatever, I don't know what it is, but every think about this now. Every time that we have the flu or something that comes up on the news, my question is how are we going to react to this? Is this Wendy and I were walking around the block the other day and – we were talking about just different things, and and I, I said, "What if this is? What if this is our new normal?" Well, that's what. What if this is? What if this is life? 
this is how we are. We're in our houses and we get out every once in a while. We go walking our arrows around the grocery store. Yeah, it's not going to work for me, but it might right. work for some people. Um, I, that is one of the questions when you read, you know, everybody's got to have all these people get paid to write all these articles and say all these things, whether, whether they make any sense or not. Um, but one of the, 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 the uh, titles of a lot of the articles that I see, they're all similarly worded, uh, is just that. Is this the new normal? Is this how we're, you know, and um, I would argue that our current federal government is hoping and praying that this is the new normal. Um, because I have no problem being on record saying that our federal government, our state government, and in some cases your local city and county governments are loving every second of this. Now, I hope somebody doesn't send us an email who is a state senator or a state le in the state legislature of some kind and says, how dare you, not that anybody's going to watch, but <laughs> I, I'm just saying, how dare you. If we get one, it's from mom, our parents. Yeah, mom's watching, parents. no doubt. Like our, our mom is like. That's why I said. That's why. That's why I told mom the other day. I said I'm not gonna. There'll be there'll be very little cursing, but uh, 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 but you know, it, it, I I do think that there. And somebody says, well, how how could you possibly say that that I'm loving the fact that that people are dying? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, people in government today, uh, and 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 here's the guy. I saw an interview, and I don't particularly like this guy. And you know who James Carville is? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I don't. I rarely, rarely agree with him. There's a few social things that I agree with. Kind of. I mean, I. You know, th this sort of thing. Um, God, it flew by. <laughs> uh, but I think they love this, and I, I saw him in an interview, and I'll, I'll be quick. Uh, he he openly said finally what we all have known, and he said this is about power. This, this election, this, all these things, this is, th th that's all that matters. The, the interview's out there, so he, all you got to do is Google it up because they've had him on lately for whatever reason. He didn't do any favors to the Democratic Party recently, so I was a little surprised that they yeah, had him on. Yeah, that but, is a surprise. Uh, but he up. said these things openly, and, so, and I do believe that, and I think that this situation, they're all trying to outdo each other. They're all trying to one-up. One governor says we're closed until this date. Well, another governor pushes it farther. Well, then one governor says we're closing all the parks. Then they keep one up in each other, trying to see who can exert their power the most. I think they love this. I think this is a dream come true for, uh, you know, and, and I, I, I'm not going to, uh, you know, get too far down the line about our town, but, you know, we had a, a decision made that was kind of reversed fairly Reverse quickly. It. And in fairness to him, I think he did the right thing. He did the right thing. Yeah. Um, I think he got kind of like you said. I think he got a little nervous at first, yeah. and I think he made a knee-jerk reaction. But I think he was a smart enough guy to reverse it because I do think, uh, and I'm going to finish with this. Uh, I do think that there will be and there should be so many lawsuits when this is over. And I'm not a, a sue sue somebody kind of guy. Yeah. But yeah. if all these businesses across this country, um, I would sue the state and federal government for everything they have yeah. over this because it's it's just it's it's for me I'm not a lawyer I'm not a historian but I can tell you this is so unconstitutional it's not even funny even, even my mom said the other day she said when all this comes out 
we're going to be mad when we figure out what this was about. No and I heard a great po- a, a well-known podcast the other day say, would this be even happening if this wasn't an election year? Yeah. This was not an election That's year. That's a great question. And, and, and I, I wonder that myself. I don't this think would, it would be. Well, and right now, this would be the time that while we're sitting in the driveway, one of us would go around to the corner and, and uh, uh, use the bathroom around the side of the fence. So we got to take a break, and, right. and we're going to do that for right now. And we'll be back in a second. Sounds good. Hey, podcast listeners. It's Colin Sharan, your producer of the Milk and Cornbread podcast. If you'd like to check out some other work I've done that isn't free work for my dad and his friends, head over to my website, colinsharan.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So back from our uh, little little break, our little hiatus, um, we, we, we get off in a little rabbit hole about federal government, which is fine. That's, I mean, that's good. That's what this is about. Is uh, Craig is uh, Craig the cornbread his uh, therapy? He's to get off into the into the uh, yeah, rabbit hole every once in a while. We got to do yep. that. Yep. So we're gonna talk. We're gonna bring it back in. We're gonna talk a little bit about uh, how this relates to what's going on in the world right now, which is the the Corona world. And uh, my question that has been going in my mind, and we've talked about this a little bit, is why are there not any cases in certain parts of our great state? And I'm not going to be specific, but uh, I know my wife is from one of those places, and it is a uh, mountainous area uh, in Middle Tennessee. And I, last I checked, they had zero cases. So, but I will say, I will say, Grundy County does have several cases. I think they're up pretty high, too, for their area. So I don't know if it has anything to do with mountains. Um, but West Virginia didn't have any for a while, either. West Virginia was short. State, they, were, they had zero for a long time. So I'm not sure. So what, what do you think? I, I don't know. My theory of that is, is pretty stupid. Good living? Yeah, it's, it's not based on anything uh, scientific in any way, shape, or form. It's just, uh, I believe, as dumb as this might sound, that hard living uh is an antidote for all kinds of things (laughs) yeah and um because you know you look at uh well i mean that my family members i'm sure you've got some who uh you know they they heavily self-medicate um and you've got people in these rural areas and things like that that are generally higher smokers drink more um and do God knows what else. Um, and I just don't think that, uh, I'm sure that these, these folks have lived with varieties of ailments over the years. And I don't think that, that this is enough to take their body down when their body is used to even worse. Things. Yeah. So as stupid <laughs> as that might sound, it's certainly not a medical opinion, yeah. but, uh, from what I can tell, and you look at, like we talked about Central America and places like that, I know the obvious is that, well, there's not as many people. Well, I'm not sure that really, um, because it's proportionate, right? So how many people relative to the total in your county have it? It's not a matter of, it's not a, uh, just strictly a, 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 you know, the, 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 the nominal uh, amount. But I do believe that hard living can cure a lot of things. You know what that rem- it reminds me of a conversation we had in the driveway one day where, I think we had uh, uh, Mr. Hacksaw in there with us, and we posed a question to him, and we said, what happened to you when you were a kid 
and you were stung by a bee. And and me, you, and, and JK yep. all said the same thing. We were all like, we got tobacco put yep. on it. And and at Hacksaw Heist was like, uh, Had no I don't idea. know. I don't, never heard of that. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, some of that, it goes back to that old, you know, uh, I'm not saying that it's a southern or a northern or whatever thing, but I think your toughness thing, it goes back to a little tough lifting. I, I do think it's an urban, I think it's an urban issue. I mean, it's uh, yeah, a vastly urban issue, um, but I don't know. I don't know if that's if that's the cause or the reason or whatever else. Um, we certainly haven't social distanced like a lot of other people because I went to Lowe's one day before I got scared to go anywhere, and uh, it looked like a freaking zoo. Yeah, this whole social distancing thing is is I think is a bit ridiculous because who's who's who said six feet? Yeah. Who who's who's whose number was that? Is that a, is that the CDC? Is that uh, I I don't understand six feet. I well, I'm a little offended that by that because both you and I both are above six feet. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's a directive towards people above. Right, six. right. I just doesn't. I don't understand when you start th- doing saying things like that because yeah, I mean, then, uh, you know, I, I mean, I just I don't see how that can be based on. Is that a sneeze radius? Uh, is that? I mean, it doesn't sound scientific in any way shape or form it sounds like somebody they just threw a couple of darts against the wall one circle was four feet one was five one was six and one was seven and more darts hit the six foot circle yeah you know, i mean I, that's how to me i hear the who talking about the who the who uh the the world health yeah they are the who the world health organization talking about sneeze radius that's uh, to me that's fantastic yeah i know so that's that's a whole different conversation the 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 ridiculousness it is that the world all those places all that listen you know I feel this way. Any, all of those acronymed WHO, IMF, you name it, da 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 da. None of them are good. Except I'll one. give you one that is good. I'll give you. I'll argue one that is okay. good. SWF, which is uh, Southern <laughs> yes. Southern Wrestling Federation, yes. which is a local. Which I find out is open, by the way. It is a, well. Now let's not get them in trouble. They are open virtually. They're having oh, their virtual me. wrestling on Friday nights on Facebook Live. How do those guys, when you're wrestling, how do you keep your six foot? <laughs> That's a good question. We may have to, I didn't watch it, so we may have to watch it yeah, next time and, and critique. That may be a good conversation yeah. and, uh, for the next for the next go around. Uh, here's here's a question for you. So, and when all this when all this stuff started, there was a there was a story about two guys from Chattanooga who went and bought. A bunch of sanitizer and whatever else on on the internet, and then they posted it to resell at a higher price, and they got in trouble. They had to actually donate their supplies, and um, they they didn't. I don't think they were criminally charged, but they they were told they had to donate whatever else. And I I get it. I think it's I think it's wrong. They probably shouldn't have done that. But the but I the only thing I think of was. My man Hacksaw Heist again when when we're going back and we're thinking about he went to a concert back when we were allowed to go places. And he went to a concert and before he left he stopped at the local market and uh, bought a uh, a beer for a dollar fifty. A sixteen ounce beer for a dollar fifty. And then he went to the concert in Music City, Tennessee at Bridgestone Arena and the exact same sixteen ounce can of beer. I'm not talking about a close Copy. 
I'm talking about the exact same can, the exact beer brand and everything was $15. What's the difference? There is no difference. I guess, I guess one is not in time of, of, you know, it's just like the guy from, there's a guy over in, in, in one town over from us in the same County. Uh, when we first moved uh, back to Tennessee who I found I was, I was kind of doing some real estate things and, uh, he had a piece of real estate, and so I met him, and I had a couple other people tell me, you need to watch this guy, and I finally asked why. And uh, they said, well, you remember the freeze, the big freeze, back in whenever, 96, I don't know. I said, I've heard, I think I vaguely remember when I was in college in Nashville. Um, they said, well, he'd gone and bought a bunch of space heaters and was selling them out of the back of a 53-foot trailer and was doubling the price, and basically was telling people, if you don't like the price, you can go on to Walmart in Murfreesboro. But this is the price sitting here, um, 30 minutes away, and people just hated him for it. So, I think that's leading into the to to the price gouging question. So, um, you know, it, it can be a difficult thing for a lot of people because to say that I don't think price gouging exists, I don't. But that doesn't mean that that's what I would do, okay, or you would do. So I think you've got to have some understanding of, of you know, it, maybe, maybe there is a right and wrong. But the reality is there is no way to control consumption except through price. And so the, the, the best example for, for most anyone... I would say that anyone that would ever watch this show has stayed in a hotel room. And you always, if it, 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 you know, I've seen it a million times, but when you close the hotel room door, on the back of the door, in just about every hotel room, there's a card or something that says, we reserve the right to charge you up to three or $400 a night for this room, even though you just paid $89.99. And, I don't think I've ever seen that. Well, they're on they're in every hotel because, especially when you get down towards Florida, um, because in hurricane evacs, they will quadruple the price as oh, soon yeah. as they make an evac order. The price will go up three or four fold, and people freak out and say you're gouging, and they get the government involved. That's not price gouging. That's that's leveling out consumption when you have twenty thousand families that are moving out. If one guy has. Uh, you know, a little bit of money in a credit card, and he has a big family, and he's got 20 people in, in, in your family, you can go get 10 rooms, and everybody's two to a room. Well, if it's $400, then you're saving rooms for other people. And the market works itself out through price, which I think is where we're headed with yeah, the next... Uh, I, I struggle with it, because I, number one, I I think if if... Bridgestone Arena is not wrong, then those guys aren't wrong. I agree. I, but I also hate the fact that I hate the fact as a consumer that I go to Nashville on the weekend the Titans play and the and the hotel rooms are twice as much. I I mean I was working the CMAs last year, which is at Nissan Stadium and around the downtown area, and there's a hotel right across from Nissan um, that's not a great it's not in a great location, and those those rooms were four hundred dollars a night. And they were, uh, I mean, I don't, I just have a hard time with that, with that term. I don't even know what it means. I don't even know what price gouging means, to be honest with you. 
I think it's an emotional response for a lot of people. I'll tell you another perfect example. Um, I mean, it's in my mind. I can think of a lot of examples. I'm just trying to think of things that most anyone can, can have experienced. And I think everybody's gone to a movie, right? And I think people leave there and they're, especially when you take your kids, um, you feel compelled to get popcorn and a drink because that's what you do, right? Well, sometimes. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> you know, people, when, when people are putting their wallet away, um, after paying, you know, $30 for a popcorn and a drink that size, maybe a little bigger than that, they're a little bit upset in a lot of cases, me included. And it, and it, and, and they leave there going, you know, that's they, thinking that that's an example of price gouging. Well, you don't have to buy it. Right. And so that's number one. Um, there isn't a competing product when you're in the movie theater, and clearly you're not supposed to t- bring things in your purse, which a lot of people do. But you know, it, it's one of those things where you you always this is this is what this great about uh, was supposed to be anyway. Is you always have you generally have a choice. You know, a cruise ship's another example. Well, I'm on the boat. I have to drink beer, right? Well, you don't have to. They're eleven dollars, fifteen dollars a piece. Well, I have to. I'm on the boat. You actually don't have to. You want to because the sun's shining, you're on a cruise, and next thing yeah. you know, on Thursday when you get your bills slipped under your door, you're having a heart attack. But, you know, I don't necessarily think that price gouging exists. It's just maybe some people do things that I wouldn't do. So I, how come those guys get in trouble? Well, because the government, uh, to me, in just my view, is um, government doesn't understand economics. And to me... Um, you know, I mean, we both know that most of the people that are enforcing the laws have no concept of, you know, when you're enforcing a law, like, like a, I don't even know what the laws of price gouging, I don't even know that they I, exist. I don't know either. I just know that they were caught by somebody who yeah, well, is in it's an charge. Emo- and- yeah, well, it's an emotional response in a time of crisis. And what they're doing is they're punishing those guys. Again, it's not what I would have done. I would love to think that we could have bought that and, and even sold it at cost or even less to help people out. And I'm, I would do that. You would do that. But I don't begrudge these guys for what they did. No, nah, I don't either. Um, it, it's, I, I just think that anytime, and this is, this, I'm not going to go back down the rabbit hole, but anytime there is a disaster like this is when the people's, people become irrational. And and the law enforcement other things, there's such an emotional response to things like that. They feel like they have to. You don't have to buy from those guys. There there are things you could have done. You might have had to drive, but that just kind of goes. To, and I'm sure this is something that we'll talk about in later later days. But there's a level of being spoiled in this country that people think that they don't. That listen, you bought the hand sanitizer, all right. Now you're reselling it, okay? And you're close to me. So you have an obligation, so I don't have to drive very far to sell it to me. I don't have an obligation to sell you anything. If you don't like my price, just keep driving to Murfreesboro or or some of these other surrounding towns, but they don't want to do that. They would rather scream and holler that somebody's doing wrong because it, it, it keeps them from being... Um, you know, uh, their schedule being uh, thrown out of whack or something because they have to drive to, you know what I'm saying. So I think there's a level of, of I should be able to just drive five or ten minutes from my house, 
be able to get what I need at the price that I need it, and anything more than that, it's a problem. Are you saying? Well, are you saying we might be a little spoiled? I'm saying that we might be a little spoiled. <laughs> yeah, I think that. I think you're exactly right. I, I think that's that's the main thing, and I, I I'm telling you, I struggle with that. I struggle with that too. I get mad every time I go to a Titans game or I go to wherever, and I say, "Oh my gosh, the beer's twelve dollars." Yep. Uh, or the barbecue plate is fifteen. I struggle with that, but you know what? My sorry butt's there buying it. You know, I'm not the one that's going to say I'm not going to do it because we all want to do that. You know, it's 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 an issue. It's an unusual thing, and I think it's. I mean, it's probably it. You could probably write a master's thesis on something like this, where you have um, fully. You know, uh, voluntary consumption, but then you're angry beyond description that you just voluntarily I, I, I consume something. I do it every something. time. I'm not. I do listen, it every time. I do too. I'm not. I don't like getting nickel and dimed. Yeah. But I do when I go to the time. Listen, I'm I'm the same way, and I sit there and I shake my head and I go, and then then I you think <laughs> about it, and, and it's it's a voluntary sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, I do that every time, every time. Yeah. But it is, you're right. I do. I'm the one who does it. It's one of the few times you'll ever hear me stick up for corporate America. I hate corporate America with a passion. Um, but it's one of the few times that you'll ever hear me because um, you know the costs of things. If things continue uh, to go like they're going, the costs are going to go up. And it's not because of gouging. It's because of poor consumption habits. It's because of irrational behavior in a lot of ways and fear. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and and I'm not blaming the people for it because a lot of people, including us, we've not, I, I've never lived through something like this. Nah. So, um, you know, I just I think that if people would consume differently, uh, their attitudes about consumption was different. I'm not sure price gouging would ever even come up. Yeah, I, it it just I still I still struggle with it all the time. I do. I struggle with it. And it's a personal issue, and I've gotten better. I've gotten better about it, but I still. Uh, when I saw that, it just it just blew my mind. I, I haven't really seen, I haven't noticed anything around here that, uh, like at the grocery store or anywhere else, where I have seen toilet paper. Speaking of a ridiculousness, let's talk about toilet paper because I have seen toilet paper that's been raised up, and uh, other uh, objects like that have cost more money. But what what's the deal with toilet paper? Why? What is what is this? I don't know. Um, I have no earthly idea what, what, why toilet paper. I'm sure that you talk to a thousand people and and you could have a thousand different answers to that question because why that was the one consumable that everybody thought was at a, at a was so scarce. I mean, we all know that that the first rule of economics is scarcity. Everything is all everything has scarcity, right? But. Um, the, the, the problem is you, you, they're not thinking about the, few, the, the, the long-term effect of that, right? Because if you go clean out that shelf um, and, 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 and these type things happen, uh, the price is going to have to go up because what's, what, what's ultimately going to be down the road? The, the Supply's six, down. Well, si- yeah, supply is down. But what's going to happen is six months from now when... All these people have closets full of toilet paper. The Walmarts of the world are going to order 
new supply, the supply chains are going to be back intact. Yeah. And they're going to have toilet paper sitting on the shelves that might normally turn in one and a half days. is going to be sitting on the shelf for 16 to 18 days. So they're going to have to hike the price in the near term to make up for the fact that that supply, they're going to be oversupplied at a yeah. later date. And these people... You, again, I don't think people, and I don't blame. It's them. irrational. It because is irrational. If we, if we just bought toilet paper like we normally bought, to, if everybody just bought toilet paper like we normally bought nothing toilet paper, nothing would change. Nothing would change, because we're all still going to the grocery store once a week or how many times. It's just everybody bought toilet paper. But but there will be there will be PhD studies, there will be master's studies done for ye- decades about when they hit the switch, the way people consumed toilet paper. I've never seen anything like it, and, and I have no uh, reasonable, except for, I just don't have any opinion. I, I can't figure out why. The hand sanitizer, I get. I get okay, that. Okay, I get that. The mask thing, I get why there's a shortage. Uh, we can discuss, you know, selling 3M, selling them to other countries before they sell them to you. That's that's whatever. But, but the toilet paper thing, I mean, I understand that diarrhea potentially was a part of this, but... You still have running water. Yeah, it's 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 completely and totally irrational, which most fears are. So you can't necessarily blame the people, but you know, I guess the only way to do it is at some point we're going to have to find somebody who has gone and bought thirty packs of toilet paper and just ask them why they did it. Yeah, I I think it's funny because I, well, two things. I saw a meme the other day where it said somebody rolled my yard and my value went. I saw that. Up. It's yeah. a half a million dollars, yeah. whatever it was, because that's where we're at. But it's the same. But it's the same idea if you think about it that we deal with in the South, um, when it snows or when it like acts like it's going to snow. What do people go? Yeah, it's not toilet paper. It's bread and milk. Oh yeah, I, I don't even staples. drink milk. Yeah, yeah, people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So people go out and buy out all this stuff because it may snow. Like we're going to be trapped in our houses. It, what's the longest snow you've ever experienced in in? In the middle of Tennessee. Uh, I was in college at 95. Uh, that was the biggest one. It was like two weeks. Yeah. But 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 that was insane. That it was crazy. Like a, that was a once in a generation. Yeah, sure. It, it was a, it was a, it was a million year flood, right? I mean, it's it was a it was. But uh, the the I hate to I I you know I, the last thing I want to do is alienate anyone that potentially the two people that could watch this. Um, but I I do Mom. think. Yeah, I do think that there. I, I don't know. I gotta. I, I think there's a level of. Um, God, I hate to. It's the word's not stupidity. It's not. Um, maybe just irrational is the right word. But you really, when you, when, when you, when you, when you're reactionary like that, um, because of some external stimulus. It makes you wonder. I mean, and, and what it does to me is the federal government, again, I'm not going back down that hole, but when they see people behave that way, I just feel like they gives them the green light to, and they say, listen, uh, if this is how people are going to react, I think we can kind of do what we want here. You know, I think it's funny, though. Uh, we, we, we didn't go and hoard toilet paper in our house. We bought it like we normally did. But, so did but, at the, but we've gotten to a certain point where, it's getting kind of tight, and you kind of start worrying a, bit, a little bit about it. Yeah. 
and and then you go to the store and there's none and you're just like what the heck is going on here i think you hit it on the head i think a lot of people i don't think it has anything to do with being being stupid or being even irrational in some cases i think there's a lot of people that feel like when they see it they have to get it because there's a grouping of other people who are irrational yeah and you know that this is really not something the way you would normally consume and you're not really an advocate for it you're just trying to survive and and so there's probably some element of that where somebody says listen i've got to get some because my family needs a couple of packs and the guy right there i know he's going to buy every pack on the shelf yeah yeah so so there's an element of that that i totally get but it's kind of like traffic to me when you you know like when you're going to chattanooga and you're going around the river and traffic comes to a standstill, and all of a sudden it releases for no yeah. reason. It just pisses you, you off. Wonder, where, where is it? Who was the first guy? Who was the one to stop? I want to know. I yeah. want to see a drone. Yeah. I want to see why the first yeah. guy slowed yeah. down. I said that a hundred oh. times. Every time I do that when I'm going to Nashville, I'm like, why? What was the stop? Yeah. Who was, was the first the guy? Because that's the one. Who was the first one that walked into the store yeah. and without any real reason bought 25 packs of toilet paper? That's Look. the one that you want to go... What? I'm gonna tell you a funny story. The other day, we were out, we we're out in the, hanging out in the yard doing our social distancing, distancing like we were supposed to. But I told a neighbor, I was like, I'm gonna start spreading a rumor that uh, that RC cola is in shortage, and that you, we need to buy up all the RC cola that we can because it's gonna be gone. They're, you know, they're not gonna be able to get it anymore. And like 10 seconds later, one of the other neighbors said. What did you say about RC Cola? <laughs> and I said, that's exactly that's how it spreads. That's it. That's how it spreads. It's wildfire. So we need to start a rumor of something that we see social experiment to see if we can get people to buy things. And maybe we give them the sponsor of this podcast, the people that we get, the 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 top or the uh, product that we decide to get everybody to buy, like RC Cola or something. They can sponsor us because we get everybody to buy it. Absolutely. I think it's I think it's a win-win. Huge short-term sales. So spike. so we talked about this the other day, and I think this would be a great thing for us to do every time that we uh, uh, we get together. Is we we we're gonna make contact with somebody, and so in in a, in a, here in a minute, we're gonna make contact with somebody, and we're gonna have a conversation and ask them the same questions that uh, that we had in regards to toilet paper. But we're not gonna let them know ahead of time. We're gonna call them. So we're gonna take a quick break. And we're going to have that conversation with them, and then we'll close out. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. And now, a completely random commercial brought to you by Cornbread. Do you or any member of your family suffer from flat feet, tingling fingers, or gynecomastia? You may be suffering from diaphlusis of the new gag. The solution is easy, and it comes in this simple, nondescript silver can. If you need to get some of this, see Big Al at Trinity Lutheran. Side effects may include enlarged prostate, shrinking prostate, tennis elbow, color blindness, eyeball bleeding, inability to say the word thorough, night blindness, and overall piss poor attitude. Just remember, if you're suffering from diaphlusis of the new gag, cut yourself loose with a can of silver juice. back and we were about to do something different you know you have radio shows the sports shows where people call in hey lifetime you know what first time caller long time listener that type of stuff we're going reverse we're going to call our guest and uh, we talked about this the other day and i think we're going to call our man hacksaw, hacksaw. heiss and uh, let me find him in here 
And we're going to ask him. What we, he, he, he knows we're going to call, but he doesn't know what we're going to ask him. So we'll see what he says here. See if we can get him to answer. He may be a heavy consumer of toilet paper. We don't know. We don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hacksaw Ice. What's up? What's up, man? You're on the Milk and Cornbread podcast. Oh, nice. You guys right? We're, we're, we're doing it right now, and, and we figured you would be <laughs> our first guest, our first call-in. You know, usually people call in to us, but uh, we're going to call in to our people because we don't have anybody to call us right now. Awesome. Well, I'm honored to, to have the, the privilege of being the first person. Well, I'm honored you're honored. <laughs> so, so, listen, we have... Yeah, we have one question for you, all right? All right. And, and we're so we've been discussing for a while, and, and you'll be able to hear this soon enough. But we have a very important question that we want you to get. We want to get your perspective on this, and you can ask around the people around you too if they need their to provide their perspective. But uh, uh, what what is the deal with toilet paper? I mean, don't answer all at once. You just cut out on me, man. We, you know, living in Tennessee sometimes, you, when you live out in the boonies, you don't hear everything, so just cut out. <laughs> All right, so I'll repeat that. What is the deal with toilet paper? <laughs> why, why is it gone? Why is everybody buying, why is everybody buying toilet paper? Why is everybody buying toilet paper? Are you not familiar with the the uh, toilet paper shortage? Uh, maybe it's because there's kind of uh, you know a bathroom break. Huh? Well, that's well thought. See, <laughs> important question. Do you, what is the what's the situ what's the toilet paper situation in your house? You know, it's actually funny. So your daughter was stealing the toilet paper. You keep cutting out, man. That is, that's, it's, it's either you uh, in the dungeon or, or me in the boonies. I don't know which one it is. So how much toilet paper do you guys buy now with all with, with the, in, in the context of the COVID-19? Are you... Are you uh, we have bought zero amount. Okay. So you haven't changed your, your consumption then? No. I wish I could tell you how often, but I, I don't know. It changes day to day. Are you worried? <laughs> Am I worried? That, yeah. No. I hope not. Uh, but if I do, I have a lot of friends that, that live close by that maybe I could uh, borrow some. Or if if you run out, you could always just jump in the shower. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I didn't know when. <laughs> Uh, I, I agree totally. So, what you're saying is, long as your daughter doesn't steal your toilet paper, you're good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Because uh, 
because uh, that's a true story. That actually happened. He doesn't sound like he doesn't sound like he's an overconsumer. No, I, I think you sound like you're you're one of the rational ones. Yeah, man. As long as it's two ply, I'm good. And I would set one ply stuff, and you got to start like packing it. You know what I'm talking about? The stuff that you get in school. In trouble. The stuff that they have in school and in gas stations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah, if you uh, you know have a toilet paper. You're in trouble. Well, because inevitably, when you have the single ply, your finger goes through it, and there's no soap. <laughs> so, needless to say, you're not the most popular guy, guy in class. I right. Yeah. Well, we appreciate your insight. That's all we needed right now. So, uh, we'll holler at you later. Hey guys, uh, you know. Love the show. Uh, keep it up. Can't wait to, to make an in-house visit. I think it'll be really cool. Do yeah, it. You'll, you'll be in the next one. You'll be with us. Hey, sounds good. See you, dude. See you. Uh, Spot on. I know it broke up a little bit, technology, yeah. but, uh, you know, we, we are having storms and whatever else, so uh, technology can cause problems. But I think everybody, <laughs> well, everybody, I say everybody, me, you, Colin, and my, my mom and your mom, got the gist of uh, – That's right. Uh, – what he said that he's he's one of the rational people. Uh, I think though we could have called other people and might have had a different story. I don't know. Probably so. I don't know. All right. So uh, as we wrap this conversation up for this time, and we're going to do this pretty regularly, we think is what we're talking about at this point in time. Um, what do we need other people to know that we're reading, watching, listening to that type of stuff that. Um, other people, and I'm, I'm talking. I'm not talking about COVID stuff. I'm talking about stuff that can keep keep people, uh, you know, educated on other things. This is an unprecedented time. Use this time wisely. What should be what What should we be watching, listening to, uh, reading, whatever else to to keep our time occupied? That's going to be the best bang for our buck. You know, I don't know. Um, I mean, people are going to read. They, a lot of people don't read. And so, you know, you got to just read what you enjoy. That's sort of the rule of thumb, you know. But um, I would say if people want something interesting to watch, um, watch the markets. Even if you don't invest. I don't invest. I'm not an investor. But just watch the markets. Because um, there's some very unusual things going on. And maybe, maybe in further episodes... Um, you know, maybe we get some people emailing or calling that that we can discuss it because uh, there's some it, it's it's the way it's bouncing around. I mean, what uh, what would possibly drive a market back up right now? But you see these days going up a thousand and two thousand, and for what possible reason? You've got uh, you know the the these days ahead that are supposed to be worse than the ones behind us, and you've got curves, and you've got this and that. Um, uh, I would use this as an opportunity to, um, you know, just kind of be thankful for your families. And there's been a lot of people, undoubtedly, uh, who have reconnected with children or spouses. Um, and I would have to say, to be in fairness, that there are probably some people that will probably get divorced over this because they spent too much time together. Uh, very, very good if point. my wife stays with me after all this, then I think... <laughs> I'm okay, but I'm. I think she's probably. Had, it could go either way at this point. I, you know, so. I understand. I understand. Yeah. 
I, I tell you one thing I'm doing is pretty cool is uh, I saw I saw a tweet the other day uh, that Fender, the guitar company, is offering three months of free lessons. Nice. And, and that's a positive that's come out of this is three months of free lessons online. So I signed up for it, and I'm learning how to play the acoustic guitar. So um, I, I encourage people, if you have a guitar or a ukulele or a bass or whatever else laying around your house, um, you can actually sign up still. I think they're accepting it, and you can do the three months free and learn how to play guitar, which is pretty cool. Well, if you, I'll, I'll buy you when you learn. You need to learn how to play "Looking for a Place to Fall Apart" by Merle Haggard, so we can sit by the fire <laughs> and, and sing it. I'm gonna sing. Yeah, You're we'll sing, sing it. I'll play. I, you will both sing it. But that's, that's a deal. That's my favorite. Uh, probably my favorite song. That's so, a, yeah. that's, a, that's definitely a deal. I'm also I'm a I'm a big podcast listener, um, and I'm glad that we're doing this because it just gives me something I'll listen to. And it's kind of weird. I will tell you this. First time you hear your voice, it's kind of weird hearing it on a on a podcast. But uh, I, I'm a big, I'm a huge Joe Rogan listener. I like Joe yeah, Rogan podcast because it's too. a big one. Um, he's got some good guests, and he's he's both sides. He's balanced, and and it's something good to listen to right now. And, and I'm an avid reader, so a lot of reading going on. And and maybe in the future, we've talked about sharing some of our our books that that we've read. We actually had Absolutely. we actually this is this is not something we'll talk about now, but but we. Uh, Cornbread and I participated in a book sharing, uh, which is weird for a bunch of uh, dumb jocks, but we shared books and, and we talk about them. So uh, maybe that's something that you could do during this, this quarantine time and, and, and share books and, and talk about those, whether it is via Twitter or quarantine or, I mean, a, a, a Zoom or whatever it is, and, and you can have that conversation. So uh, as we close this up, what do you think is something positive that you're going to do this week? Because I think it is, this is important. When we talk about what all is going on and we talk about this being our therapy, our conversation, our therapy and other people's therapy. So we need to think about something. Maybe we share something that we're doing that's positive that other people can do and replicate it and, and have some success. So, um, Mine's probably a little more sarcastic uh, than probably yours might be because for me, um, it's more of a personal positive. Uh, I'm going to watch less of Fauci and Burks, okay, the two doctors that are on every night with the president. Um, for whatever reason, I've been watching these people. Um, and if you really want to freak out and become irrational, you can watch them every night. I'm going to watch less and less of that because... Um, I think you and I talked a minute ago, uh, or before the show, that the Dr. Fauci is is advocating now for a card for people to carry in their wallet or their purse uh, from this point forward to uh, show that you've been tested for this virus. That's in utter. That is insanity to me. Um, and so um, maybe watch. Maybe maybe a positive is. Watch the things that you just referred to. Maybe look at a podcast, read a book, watch watch an old movie, and watch less and less of the hysteria that's coming out of the federal government. Um, and and that could be um, because again, to to circle back for me, you're not alone if you feel like um, you you. Uh, that this is way over the top. You're not alone, in my view, if you feel like this is this is government overreach. 
more more uh, aggressive than we've ever seen in our lifetimes. And I would argue uh, in my conscious lifetime, in other words, when I was probably 10 years old and past, before that I didn't know what was going on, but I can't ever think of anything. Um, 9-11, the Cold War, I think you mentioned earlier, sometimes when there have been, um, you know, now uh, I think it would have been you know, maybe we can talk to somebody that lived through Japanese being in internment, you know, areas in this country. That would have been an unusual situation to live through. Yeah. And I think that might, you might. Germans be, in this area were interned. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's that, but I didn't certainly live through that. So, um, but you know, I mean, to, I, 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 you're not alone if you, if you feel like you're just a normal person who just wants to go back to work. Um, and, and, uh, there's a lot of people that are willing, including me, that are willing because you will be. Let's let's just be honest. I mean, you get out on the interstate, uh, you get somebody in a one-ton F-350 like I drive who's been drinking. I, they're a threat. So you don't know. There's there's all kind. There's a show on now called A Thousand Ways to Die. Have you seen that on TV? I haven't seen that. Yeah, it comes. I forget what channel it's on. Maybe on Pluto TV on YouTube. Ah, yeah, it's yeah. a plug for YouTube TV, but. Um, there's threats every time you leave the house. There's no guarantee. So why this is different, um, and maybe that's a topic for another show, but um, you're not alone if you think that you, you're you willing to take the gamble to go out and support your family. You're, you're not alone, and you're not arrogant, and you're not a jerk. You're just a normal person. So there's a long way of saying maybe watch less of the hysteria um, and, and maybe you'll feel a little better about the world. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think one thing that we could do, uh, that I, that I've started doing that I think is important is, uh, focusing on our, my, my physical fitness. Um, that's something that I was doing for a while that once this started and my gym closed, I just kind of shut that out of my life. Uh, and so <laughs> it's funny thing is I've ran, Three days this week, which I haven't nice. ran in forever. Uh, I, I uh, my wife said you kill that treadmill. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's craziness. Uh, Emily does a treadmill too, and it's pretty. It's my Emily does a treadmill too, and it's nuts. But the other thing is, uh, uh, I, I got on YouTube and I saw how I looked up how to make kettlebells using PVC concrete and an old basketball. And I had a bunch of old basketballs, and I decided, you know what? I love doing kettlebell exercises. So I created these kettlebells out of basketballs, concrete, and old PVC. Nice. And so I've got them sitting out on my sidewalk right now. I'm going to bring them inside in the next couple of days, and I'm going to start doing some some uh, some more exercising. And, and that's going to be my positive outlet for the week. And I will report back next time we have a conversation as to whether or not I – completed that uh so prospect. you're using the left side of your brain and exercising so that's it, it, all that's, good stuff that's the way that's the way that's i right. work that's the way that's i right. work it's it's a blessing and a curse uh so the last thing the next time we get together um i think that our topic is going to be something that will be a buzz around the country and that topic is what are we going to do if college football doesn't happen and I think that's important because that is part of our therapy. And that is, we, we already miss March Madness. 
Uh, we were already missing baseball for some people. It's not as big a deal for me. But March Madness was huge for me. Huge. And college football would be devastating. So that's going to be a topic, I think, that we can spend some time yeah. on in the future. We may have some we'll guests talking about that. And uh, But to close this, I once heard a great quote from a person that I respect deeply. Um, and that, and it starts, it's very simple, and it says... The oxen are slow, but the earth is patient. That's it. That's it. Have a good week. Have a good week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Milk and Cornbread Podcast. Your hosts are Mick Sharan, known as Milk, and Craig Brock, Cornbread. This podcast is produced by Colin Sharan in association with Blue Creek Productions. Music by Audioblocks.com. Names of events and people may have been modified to protect personal identities. Don't forget to follow us on social media. And check out our website, milkandcornbreadforamerica.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.